is something I think that almost every Christian does. I think there's a few people that uh, you hardly ever hear them complain. Then there's others uh, that they complain all the time. And then there's a big middle group that, you know, every once in a while, you know, we're either irritated, not feeling well, or something going on in our life, and we'll complain about what's going on. And so this lesson really, I think, will hit all of us this morning, and I'm sure it'll be a blessing. I was reading the story about this woman. She was a woman driver, and her car stalled in traffic. She was unable to get it restarted. The fellow who was behind her and thus unable to move thought it necessary to constantly show his impatience by honking his horn every few seconds. Finally, the woman walked back to his car and said, if you will go try to start my car, I'll stay here and honk your horn for you. (laughs) Anyway, praise the Lord. All right, thought that was cute. All right, complaining, that's what we're going to look at this morning for just a little bit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word. Again, ask again for the words of saying, things that we'll go over today. May we not think about somebody else but ourselves. Father, may we not be... Uh, like the children of Israel, Lord, uh, really complaining people almost their entire trip. Help us, Father, Lord, not to be that way during our trip, during this journey of life. Father, may we be grateful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, there's several things that I think that cause a person to, be, to, to complain about life. I think sometimes it's discontentment. They're not content with what God's given them uh, in life. I think sometimes lack of faith. In other words, what God's doing in their life. They're not willing to just to simply trust God. Uh, sometimes it's just being ungrateful, not grateful for all the things that the Lord has done for us. <laughs> I was reading another story. It's interesting. Uh, I don't, it's probably not a true story. You know, I read so many things, I forget sometimes what I've read. <clears throat> but uh, the story was told about a fellow that uh, he would go by. It was actually must have been in Madrid. Madrid was a city. But there was a beggar that was standing in front of a, or sitting in front of a church building. And this guy would go by every day because it was on his way to work. And he would put a pence or two into this guy's um, bucket. Anyway, that guy had gotten sick, and he was sick for an entire week. <clears throat> and so when he finally gets back and goes back to work, he goes by that same beggar, and he throws his pence in, and the beggar stopped him and said, hey, you owe me seven pence. You were gone for a week. <laughs> and the guy looked at him and said, hey, I give because I want to give to you. This is not your salary. And he never gave to him again. And is that not a picture of our Lord, our, what God does for us? God gives to us, and sometimes we get to the place where we expect it. And then when something doesn't go exactly our way, we say, hey, you owe us. God owes us nothing. And so we've got a great God, and he gives us so much. So this morning, let's talk about this idea of complaining. Numbers chapter 11, let's look at a few verses now. Numbers 11, verse number 1. It says, and when the people people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched, and he called the name of the place Tiberah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. All right, now, church, there's several stories right in a row here, okay? The first story in chapter number 11, you have the children of Israel complaining. Well, you know what they're complaining about. But God hears it, he doesn't like it, and so he sends fire down, and he starts destroying all these people. And they go to Moses, Moses, would you please tell God to stop sending fire down? And so Moses prays, and they stop. Then the very next thing, verse number 4, look what it says next. In the midst, verse 4, in the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? Now, church family, wouldn't you think if you saw fire coming down from heaven killing your neighbors, you'd think to yourself, I don't think I'm going to complain anymore, all righty? But that's not how we are. We're just like the children of Israel, all righty? We go from one thing to the next, and we, and we complain. Uh, we complain about things at the, at the home. We complain th- about things at church. We complain things about on the job. Now, there's nothing to complain about in our country right now. 
So what happens, we have a tendency as Christians to complain and complain and complain and complain and complain and complain and complain. And, complain. <laughs> and God doesn't like it. All right, look what he says next here in verse number uh, five. Uh, I get a kick out of the children of Israel, some of the things they say. We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. Church family, did they eat anything in Egypt freely? They were slaves. <laughs> it's crazy, all right? Anyway, these are Baptists in this passage here. <laughs> Here's something else here. He said, we remember in Egypt for eating freely the cucumbers and the what? The church family, that's why you don't eat watermelon. It came from Egypt. All right, I have, that's a Bible verse. I'm not stretching the scriptures. The reason I don't like watermelon is because I'm trying to stay away from the world. All right? All right. All right, back to the Bible. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Now, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. Now, church family, Psalms tells us that manna was angel's food. And they were complaining about eating angel's food. All right. Look what he says next here about that. They say about the manna. And the manna was as coriander seed, and the color thereof is the color of bedellium. And the people went, out, uh, went about and gathered it and ground it in mills and beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as a taste of fresh oil. Now, church family, think for just a moment. You talk about the children of Israel complaining. They're trying to find every way to change what God had made for them because they were not grateful for what God had given them. Is that not the Christian life? And it's really interesting to me that in this passage here, the Bible says they did all that to make that, uh, to, they ground it, they made it in cakes. Did you notice the last phrase in verse number eight? It says, and the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. Now, church, I mean, when God first gave the children of Israel manna, it was Exodus chapter 16, I think verse 31. In Exodus 16, 31, you know what the Bible says the taste was? It was as honey and wafers. Now, how do you go from honey and wafers to oil? I want to tell you how. It's when you're not grateful for what God's given you. All right? Look what he says next here in verse number um, 10. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, <clears throat> every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. All right? God doesn't like complaining. Moses also was displeased. Now Moses starts up. Look at verse number 11. Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And where have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father, beareth the sucking child unto the land whither, which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I'm not able to bear all this people alone, because it's too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight, let me not see my wretchedness. Now, church, I mean, the complaining doesn't stop there. I mean, you, in chapter number 12, and I won't read it, but chapter number 12, you've got Miriam and Aaron complaining about Moses and who he married. God says, come to the tabernacle. And what does God do? He strikes Miriam down with leprosy. All right, so all of this because of this idea of complaining. Now, I don't know what your definition of complaining is. We, you might say, you know, complaining is, you know, not liking what, what I have. Or, but uh, def, dictionary definition, definition would be to express dissatisfaction or annoyance about anything. To express dissatisfaction. In other words, I'm not happy with this. I don't like this. I don't want this. All right. Now, I want you to think for just a moment. Do you complain? Don't answer that. Because I know the answer. Right? Do, not, do you complain? What do you complain about? Uh, what do you complain about on a regular basis? What do you complain about on, you know, every so often? What is it that you don't like? What irritates you? All right, now, 
understand this idea of complaining from chapter 11 and 12, let's look at several things, all right? I think these are in your lesson this morning. The first thing I want you to think about is the reaction to complaining. Now, I want to look at God's reaction, all right? Look at the first phrase in verse number one. First phrase, verse number one. Uh, and when the people complained, what's the next statement? It displeased the Lord. Now, all we can do is look at how God treated the children of Israel and be able to make application to our life. And I want to tell you, when you sit at the table and you complain uh, about what your wife is cooking or if you, when, you, when, you, uh, when your children are doing things and you're constantly uh, not helping them but complaining about what they're doing. When you're at work and you don't like what the boss is telling you to do. Now, I want to tell you something. We live in an imperfect world with imperfect people but that does not give us a right to complain about things, all right? Now, it's interesting in that very first verse, not only did it displease the Lord, it says the Lord heard it. It's very interesting that when you look at chapter number 12, it said that when Aaron and Miriam complained, the Lord heard it, which again is just a reminder that God, what does he say in, was it, was it Luke 12? You guys would know the passage, where it says that every idle word we shall give an account for. What, where are we gonna get that account? The judgment seat of Christ. So when we talk, and we say things loosely, it's like it, it, it does matter. It does matter, all right? Uh, Mrs. Stumpf, we were in teacher's uh, devotions, I think, this last week. And, of course, we have a new president. And Mrs. Stumpf asked me a very powerful question. She says, what are you going to call the new president? Well, you know, the answer is we're going to call him President Biden. That's what you're going to call him. But that's not what went through my head, okay? <laughs> and, I, and by the way, you'd be, glad, you'd, be, you'd be proud of me. I didn't say anything derogatory. Did I say anything derogatory? All right? Did you read my mind? Okay, I didn't say anything derogatory. Hey, Church Chamber, listen, I, I know some of you are thinking that this is not politically correct, but when the president on his first day of office signs a, an executive order that says you can live like a homosexual and you can be a transgender and that everyone is supposed to be okay with it, I have a problem with that. I can respect the president. He is the president of the United States. All right, and for four years, unless the Lord does something differently, I can respect that. But I'm not going to respect if they do something contrary to the word of God. And he's done a bunch of other executive orders to deal with money, but money's not the issue. Morality is the issue. Amen. If you, ever, you should read the executive order. He wants school students to not feel, un, uh, feel bad about going into another restroom that they're not supposed to be into or into a girl's lot or into a locker room that they don't belong in. Now, I want to tell you something. If I had kids in the public school, and especially if I had my daughter in the public school, I don't want some fella in the girl's locker room. Amen. You know, I looked up transgender. You guys are getting me sidetracked again. <laughs> I looked up transgender to find out what transgender, what transgender meant. And it, what it says is, and I'm going to summarize, but here's what it says. It says it's a person who wants to change their identity, listen to this, from what was assigned to them. Oh, I love that definition. I wonder who assigned that. You know, these people that don't know what, a tra- what, which, what they are, if they would just look at their birth certificate, they'd know what they are. I'm confused. You're confused, all right. Okay, you guys are looking a little quiet on me this morning. Don't worry, you got four years of this. Be happy, all right? And don't complain about me, because God's hearing you, all right? So again, this idea of complaining, God says, I hear it, and it does not make him happy. He's displeased with that. He doesn't like it when we complain, all right? So again, the reaction to complaining is the Lord was displeased with it. Next thing I want you to see about it is the reason for complaining. Look at verse number four, the reason for complaining. Verse number four says this, and the mixed multitude that was among them, what did they do? They fell, they fell a lusting, 
All right, what were they lusting after? They wanted meat to eat. Now, they used the word flesh, but they wanted meat to eat. All right, now they had bread. They had angel's food. I just kind of believe that whatever was inside that manna was every nutrient and, and vitamin that they needed for their bodies because God gave it to them. All right, I just believe that. All right, believe the manna. So here they are. Oh, man, I miss, I'm missing out on fried chicken. All right, I'm, I'm missing out on meat. That's what they were concerned about. All right, so here they, they, they go back, and they're thinking about what they had back in Egypt. All right, now I want to tell you something. There's several things that caused this complaining. Number one was covetousness. They wanted something they didn't have. They wanted something they didn't have, which again goes back to contentment in the Christian life. I should be satisfied with what I do have. I should be happy with the vehicle I have, with the house I have, with the children I have, with the wife I have. Okay, well, almost everything. All right, no, I'm just joking. We ought to be satisfied with everything, all right? What happens is we get looking to what other people have, and then we get covetous about those things, and it causes us to complain. So again, they were complaining about what they didn't have as far as They were also complaining because you notice in verse number five, they were looking back to Egypt. Look at verse five again. We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, garlic. He says, now listen, they were not only thinking about what they did not have, they were thinking about what they used to have. That's what they were doing. And you know what happens? We begin to complain about uh, what we used to have. All righty? Church, can I tell you? You guys are taking me back there, all right? Are you all with me so far? Okay. Can I tell you politically, it doesn't matter who the former president was. You know why? That's going to cause you to complain. I mean, if, that, if you like the former president and we got a new president, you, what's going to happen is you're going to think about what things used to be. We're not living in used to be. We're living in today. And we're going to live from this day and we're going to go forward. So I don't have to sit and complain, well, this is how it used to be when it comes to church. Well, you know, I remember when Pastor was a lot younger and, you know, when he was younger, you know, he, he, he wouldn't compromise and he was a lot more dogmatic. I mean, you know, and now I've mellowed. Hey, I want to tell you something. You can't look back at what things used to be. You have to go forward from where you're at. You know what that's going to cause you to do? It's going to cause you to complain when you're constantly thinking about something better or something different or something that you had. That's what they were doing in Egypt. Not only was it a matter of covetousness, a matter of false expectation, but it was a matter of ingratitude. We see that in verse number six, uh, six through nine, when uh, their crazy statement in verse six, but now our soul oath is, is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manner before our eyes. Now think about it. Nothing besides angels' food. Nothing except for food from heaven. That's all we've got. You know what? It was a matter of ingratitude for what God had given them in their life. So again, the reason for complaining, it, I'm sorry, the reaction to complaining, God's not, not happy, he's displeased. The reason for complaining it was a matter of covetousness, false expectation, gratitude. Look at the response though. This is, this is kind of interesting to me. Church family, in verse number 10, it picks up and says, and Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. And then Moses is gonna complain from verse 11 through 15. But church family didn't start there. When you go back to the, go back to verse number one, let me just point them out real quick. In verse number one, the last phrase, verse number one says, uh, he consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Now, I, I just get the idea that the reason God started by killing those in the uttermost part of the camp, because those are the ones we're complaining, because verse number one says the Lord heard it and it displeased him. All right. Then you go to verse number four and it says there was a mixed multitude. But church, I mean, from what we understand is a mixed multitude is it was people who came out of Egypt that were not Jews. In other words, either they were married to a Jew or they were G Egyptians, but they didn't stay in Egypt. They were part of the mixed multitude. They started complaining. 
Then it didn't stop there. In the next verse, you find out that Israel as a whole is complaining. Then it didn't stop there. Then Moses is complaining. Then it didn't stop there. In chapter 12, Aaron the high priest is complaining. And Miriam, uh, Aaron and Moses' sisters complain. Can I tell you, complaining is contagious. Now, I know my home's different than yours. It's a good thing that God gave me an ungodly home because I know what to preach on when I come here, okay? My kids, they're just, they need help, all right? They need a better father, I guarantee you that. And you know, it's interesting that when my kids get around the table, they'll have a habit of picking at each other, all right? Now, let me explain that because you all don't have that in your homes. But my kids will have a habit of picking at each other. They'll start, you know, nitpicking about something that, that this person's doing. I mean, it's wonderful to be able to come home and eat supper together because I find out what, what went on in school about the other child. He said this, he did this. He didn't turn this in. He didn't study. He, on and on and on. I mean, just, they're just amazing how helpful they are to one another because they love each other so much. But I have found out, none of my kids are in here this morning, right? All right. I don't want to tell them all my secrets, okay? But I have found out that when they are talking and they're nitpicking, I don't have to say, stop that. All I have to do is change the subject. And the best way to change the subject is to compliment somebody, you know, that they did well in something. And you know, it's amazing how the whole conversation will almost change completely just by complimenting at a supper table one person. Amen. You know, we tease uh, Sarah. My, Sarah's 12, but she looks like, She's 17, but she's, she's big, tall. I got to stop using the word big. So my wife says, stop calling her big. All right. Sarah is like giant. Is that better? <laughs> Not the word big. She's tall. All right. I've never seen anything like it, man. She's huge. I mean, huge is not a good word either. All right. She's just... it's, it's just amazing. I'm telling you. I don't know what she's eating. But she is going to be taller than me, all right? I just, I don't know what happened. But anyway, so anyway, but Sarah is, even though she's 12 years old, and she looks older than that, but even though she's only 12 years old, she'll have a tendency that we're having a conversation around the table, and all of a sudden, she'll open her mouth, and she's talking about something that happened three weeks ago, has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I, mean, I don't know if you have any kids like that, but my... So I just decided, how many, I don't, I hate to use the word movie. You ever seen that, that old cartoon called Up? And the dog was going along, and all of a sudden, squirrel. So now, every time Sarah does that, I go, squirrel. She just talks out of the, out of the blue. Where is that coming from? Hey, you know what? You need to, squirrel, you need to change the conversation. When people start to get negative and they're complaining, you, you need to stop. The Bible says in Proverbs, says, the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance of backbiting tongue. The north wind driveth away rain. It pushes it away. So doth an angry countenance. In other words, countenance is the word face. An angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. When somebody's, no, 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 we're not going to talk about that. An angry face. I'm not happy with that. Let's change this. You know, we as Christians could make the conversation at church, the conversation at home, conversation at work. You could change all of it just by being positive. You know why? Because it's just as contagious to be negative as it's just as contagious to be positive. All right? Amen. So again, this, uh, this is what happened when they were complaining. And the response to it was just a domino effect. It just kept going. All right, verse 18 through 21, here's the next thing. The result of complaining, all right? And say thou, God speaking to Moses, and say thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, who shall give us flesh to eat. And it was well with us in Egypt, therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. Ye shall not eat it one day, or two days, 
nor five days, nor 10 days, nor 20 days, but even a whole month until it come out at your nostrils and it be loathsome unto you because that you have despised, the word despised means disesteem, you have despised the Lord which is among you and have wept before him saying, why came we forth out of Egypt? Now, I want to tell you what happens when you complain, okay? Now, this is what happens to the children of Israel because of them complaining. You get God's permissive will, but you don't get God's perfect will. You know, church, I'm not, again, I'm referring to children. There's things my kids want me to do that I don't really want them to do, but I let them do. And, you know, every once in a while, they catch it. They catch it that that's not really what dad wants, but that's what dad's allowing, all right? You know, as Christians, there's a lot of times the Lord says, okay, go ahead, do your own thing. Now, you know how the children of Israel, they got what they, they, got what they asked for, <laughs> lost what they had. They had God's blessing by the manna, and now they're going to have God's curse because the Bible says, I mean, you're going to eat so much meat, it's going to come out your nose. <laughs> That's a lot of meat. God was not happy with that. And I'm going to tell you something, God's not happy when we complain. And again, uh, well, as Christians, sometimes we get, we get our way, but we don't get God's will. All right? So as Christians, we've got to be careful that we don't complain. All right? And so as a result, now, church, I, mean, I want to give you these things are not in your lesson. I've got just a few minutes. I want to go over just a couple of things, some practical things as far as not complaining or if I can say rules for not complaining. I'll just give you several of them quickly this morning. Some things to think about as far as not complaining. Number one, if you're not going to complain, don't hang around people who complain. Right. Uh, you're in trouble if your best friend is a complainer because guess what? You are going to complain. All right. You've heard the Bible verse before. Hang with a dog with fleas, you get fleas. That's not a Bible verse. Man, I'm living. No, but the, the psalm says this, all right? Psalm chapter 26, verse number four. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. Church, I mean, when you disassemble something, you take something apart. You know what complaining is? It's taking something apart, all right? So again, don't hang around that kind of person who's always negative. Now, by the way, if you're stuck in a job situation where you were somebody like that, and I, actually, you might be stuck in a marriage. I say stuck. <laughs> You're married in a situation like that. Either one or the other is negative. The only thing you can do, well, there's several things you can do, but I will say this. Make the conversation positive. All righty? Change it to positive. All right? Next one, number two. Be grateful for what you have. And everything give thanks for this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning. Be thankful. Be thankful. Thank the Lord for everything. He said in everything. All right. So we need to thank God for everything. All right. And, and that means everything. All right. Thankful. All right. Next one. Number three. Ask God to forgive you when you complain. First John 1 9. Ask God to forgive you when you complain. Amen. You know, you'd be you'd be a little more apt to not complain if you knew you were going to talk to the Lord about that later. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Would you please forgive me for complaining? You know, obviously you've got a purpose and a plan. Thank you for it. You know, you need to ask God's forgiveness for complaining, all right? And by the way, to keep a clean heart, have God's blessing, his power upon your life for him to speak to you, for him to answer your prayer. You want to be right with him. The best way to be right with him is to make you confess even complaining, all right? Next one. Allow people to tell you when you are complaining. And most of you might not want to write that one down, all righty? Proverbs 15.31 says, uh, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. Trisha, I mean, I, my conclusion is, and again, I go back to children, my conclusion is that my kids sometimes are speaking and they really don't hear themselves. You know, can I tell you, sometimes complainers don't realize they're complaining. You say, oh, they, they know what they're doing. Sometimes they don't. You know, if you're, 
if you're naturally, and nobody's naturally, it's part of our sin nature, but if you have a tendency to be negative already, then it's easier for you to complain. Now, church, I mean, all of us complain, okay? We all have a sin nature, we all complain in various ways, okay? But can I tell you that if you're, if you want to get over this, and let's say you're, you're kind of negative, can I tell you the best thing you can do is give somebody permission to tell you? Yeah. All right, so, uh, you know, tell your wife or your husband. You say, well, she already does. But anyway, tell your wife or your husband. If I complain and I sound negative, you can say something. Now, wives, do not do it in front of the children or you're really going to get complained about. All righty? But you know what you should do is you should say, you know, you told me to tell you. I'm just letting you know. Now, do not do this. I just want you to know what you did. Point number one. <laughs> Point number two. Point number three. All right. This is not a preaching service, okay? So what you do need to do, though, is if you're a complainer, you need to have, have by the way, that will only happen a couple times, and you'll be more apt to be careful not to complain. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business, work with your own hands as we commanded you. You know, you'll have a tendency, a fool uttereth all is mine, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. You'll have a tendency to slow things down, think things through, so that you don't have to complain because you don't want to face somebody telling you you're wrong. All righty? And by the way, a wise person accepts reproof, so. All right, next one. <clears throat> Look for the good in every situation, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All right, so look for the good in things, not just for the bad. My um, son, Stephen, does not like vegetables. My wife and I were just talking the other day, and I said, hey, listen, we got to get back to whatever's on the table. He eats part of everything, all right? You know, I've gotten, gotten to the place where I kind of let that go, and I shouldn't have done that. But So he, he doesn't like vegetables, okay? So... Um, do you guys have that at your house too? Some of you guys are looking at each other, all right? Yeah, I feel much better. Okay. But anyway, and I love vegetables. I don't know where he got it. I mean, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like the good vegetables. Corn, green beans, broccoli. I mean, good stuff, all right? I mean, like Brussels sprouts. Any like Brussels sprouts? In butter sauce or cheese sauce? Yeah, cheese, cheese. How many of you like asparagus? Salt and pepper in butter? Mm. All right, anyway. Um, <laughs> So when he thinks of vegetables, he thinks all vegetables are bad, all right? And I don't know where he got it, to be honest with you. But you know what? My wife had the other day, she had a soup out there, and it was a cream, cream soup, but there were just little specks of carrots. I mean, I'm talking little, little pieces of carrots, and you could hardly see them. But because there was carrots in it, he figured that it ruined the whole thing. Whole thing. He was looking for that one thing to say it was bad. That's all he was doing. And you know what I find? I find out that a lot of Christians do the same thing. They're looking for the one thing to say, nope, I don't like it. That's bad. Just remember, there's a whole lot of good in life if you'd stop looking for the one thing that's bad. There's a lot of good in life. By the way, there's a lot of good in people without you looking for just the one bad thing you don't like about them. And then when you complain about it, you make it worse. You know why? Because God hears you. You know why? Because now God's displeased. You know why? Because now he's going to make you eat till it comes out your nose. Well, not really, but he's going to punish you for it. So again, look for the good. If all things work together for good, that means God's got something good for me out of this. All right? One more. Think about this. Trust the Lord for what he has allowed. That's faith, but trust the Lord for what he's allowed. Proverbs 3, 6. Trust the Lord for what he has allowed. I was reading this statement, I don't know where it came from, but it said this, 
Whenever you are tempted to tell your troubles to other people, remember that half of those, half of your listeners are not interested and the other half are glad you are finally getting what you deserve. <laughs> the verse today for the memory verse is Philippians 2.14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. I don't know where that originated, but it originated in the Bible, but I mean, I don't know where as far as originated in our house, but we use that verse kind of, kind of frequently. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. You don't have to complain about everything. You don't have to complain. You know, it's like the person who looks at a glass and says it's half full, and the other person looks at it and says it's half empty. It's like the person who goes outside and says it's partly cloudy, and the next person goes outside and says it's partly sunny. It's just a matter of your attitude about things. That's all it is. It's just a matter of your attitude. Now, family, I don't know if it's a matter of not being content. I don't know if it's a matter of just a matter of not having faith and trusting God. I don't matter if maybe it's just that you've got a backslidden spirit. I don't know. But I want to tell you something. Every one of us has to be careful about this idea of complaining because God, God doesn't like it. And he doesn't want us to complain. He doesn't want us to complain. Now, I'm, I'm an offender of this, by the way. So I'm, I would imagine there's probably a few of you the same thing. That we have a tendency that when we look at things, sometimes we speak our mind. And sometimes it's best not to speak your mind, especially if it's a complaint. Just be thankful. Be thankful for everything. Why don't you go ahead and close your eyes for just a moment. Would you ponder the thoughts this morning about complaining?